We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Right steps a tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. It's our post-game edition. The Rams win yesterday 38-28 over the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm here with Michael Stewart, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back. And I got to tell you, it's a bright day when, when Mike can join the show with a happy, happy sound to him. He's happy with how the Rams did yesterday. Mike, 
What's up? Hey, man, it looks like you got some pep in your voice as well. Absolutely. It was a, a great weekend uh, for a great game. The Rams went in to Arizona and did what they had to do to pull out a win. So uh, very excited about what direction they're going. Now we got to see if they can just build on this. And just to make it just to make it aware, folks, that little echo you hear from Mike is because Mike is at work. He's at school. He found a break in the day from teaching them youngsters to be here with us. Outstanding. That's dedication, my man. Dedication. So I'll point that out. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do, man. And <laughs> definitely apologize for, you know, the technical difficulties. But hopefully uh, everything is sounding pretty good. And we'll get through this as best we can. That's the podcasting world, though. When you got to get a show out, you got to get a show out. And sometimes there's sacrifices you got to make. You know, this is the only time in our schedule we can connect today. And that is fine by me. Great to talk some some NFL football, some LA Rams football, some congratulatory order for a certain team. You're, I mean, serious congrats are in order for a certain team. We'll talk about that. And, of course, the big one, though, is the Rams win 38-28. Before we get there, folks, we do want to ask you to head over to Apple Music. Subscribe. You could really appreciate a, a nice, wonderful five-star review letting us know how wonderful you think our show is. Now, if you don't think it's wonderful, don't leave a review. No, I'm, well, I'm kind of kidding. Sort of kidding. Send us, take, hey, send us an email. You know, an email letting us know what you want to see differently on the show, what we can improve on. We always want to be the best we can for our listeners. You are why we are here. We are not here for our giggles. We're here to talk about Rams football for you. Okay, so, I mean, 30-28, honestly, the game wasn't that close in my view. That's frustrating enough a little bit. You know, this game probably should have been put away a little bit early. The Rams control much of it. That's why I say that. What are your initial thoughts there, Mike? Well, I'm absolutely uh, excited about the 38 to 28 victory myself. I thought it was a lot closer than the score actually shows at the end, just based on uh, the Rams kind of locked it up down the stretch in about the last, uh, you know, four or five minutes. But up until then, uh, the Cardinals were right in there. Uh, obviously, there was a key third and 11 play after uh we fumbled the punt return, and they end up scoring, made it 24-21. And at third and 11, we end up converting. But uh, And then after that, it kind of picked up for us. But uh, excited about a lot of good things. And, man, looking forward to just talking about those a little more. Obviously, we got some things we can and improve on. So interested about your thoughts. Well, I mean, looking at the numbers, it was a pretty dominant performance. And it was a couple of mistakes that really – made the game closer than it really was. This was, a, to me, a control. Once once the Rams were down 7 nothing, they actually controlled the game pretty much from there on out. And what I liked about their performance was, even though Arizona came ready, Arizona came running on defense. They were not going to let the Rams get anything deep. They're going to compact. The Rams were found a way to adjust to what Arizona was doing and work within what the Cardinals were allowing. And that's what I found to be impressive. Also found Jared Goff's performance to be impressive. Coming off a huge let's say, hugely disappointing performance last week. He comes out there, provides leadership on the field. They fought a great game plan in terms of what he was doing. He, he made adjustments where necessary. He was sacked like once, didn't turn the ball over. We're all happy about that. So, you know, it was a good performance on his part. There are a couple of things that still concern me, but because they were able to adjust and, and operate within, within, I mean, get the words out, within what Arizona was doing, 
I think that's a really good thing for the Rams. I think that what they are doing long-term is highly, highly impacting the short-term. What I mean by that is we all know this long-term plan for the Rams to developing this new roster, this younger roster, and we're starting to see them include more and more of those pieces. Cam Akers was a big part of the game yesterday. Daryl Henderson, big part of the game yesterday. And as those pieces are more and more involved, I think the Rams' offense will get better and better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and one of the commentaries by you know the commentators during the game were like, the Rams did a great job of working more to uh, Jared Goff's strength, which was true. You know, as you noted early on in the in the year in the last year, you, your opinion is one of his strengths is being able to basically roll out and throw somewhat on the run, and they did a lot of that. You know, where there was play action underneath roll out reverse back door, hit something underneath, roll out to his throwing side, uh, hit something, you know, in the flat things, uh, routes that are right in front of him, you know, and then by putting two or three receivers on the same side allows a guy like him, any quarterback to have a couple different options, short guy, medium guy, and then maybe a long guy streaking down the middle uh, late. So to your point, we saw a lot of the, the running backs. Uh, I, I'm still just not a fan of the, the running back by committee in this situation. Usually you have a guy that's a bruiser, Derrick Henry style, and then a guy who's a scat back uh, that comes in. But it's like we kind of have these three different versions of running backs, and each one presents a whole different style mm-hmm to the offense. So I don't know if it, it, it worked yesterday very well, but I just don't know going forward. If you just can't settle in on one guy more than the other, and maybe we can talk about who that guy is uh, so that you get a little more consistency and identity from offense standpoint. I think they took a step towards that yesterday though, Mike, I think they really did. Let's go over the numbers. And I think we'll see that Um, first team numbers here. The Rams got 30 first downs yesterday. 30. The Cardinals, 18. Third down efficiency, 9 of 15 for the Rams, 4 of 12 for the Cardinals. 1 of 3 on fourth down for the Rams, 2 of 2 for the Cardinals. And that's somewhat annoying, I think. Total yards, basically double them up. 464 total yards for the Rams, 232 for the Cardinals. 79 offensive plays run, 262 for the Cardinals. The Rams outgained the Cardinals on the ground, 119 to 92 with 3.8 yards per carry for the Rams, 4.4 for the Cardinals. Passing, 344 yards passing with one sack. The Cardinals, 140 yards passing overall. 37 to 47 passing for Jared Goff, 7.2 average per play. 21 of 39, interception for, yeah, well, Kyler Murray. He had a rough day out there, didn't he? Pretty rough day. Field goals missed. Well, we had one miss from our guy. It's kind of ugly penalties. Six penalties to the Rams for 75 yards. Those were pretty costly, actually. Total return yardage of the Rams at 53. The, the, the big fumble, though, is what really kind of put things in position for the Rams to, in a little bit of trouble there. And uh, that cost the Cardinals. It cost the Rams a touchdown in the end. Time of possession. Here we go. 38 minutes and 53 seconds by the Rams. 21 minutes and 7 seconds from the Cardinals. Yikes. Individual stats. Passing, 
mentioned Jared Goff tw- is a 37 to 47 for 351 yards, one touchdown. Kyler Murray 21 39 for 173, three touchdowns though, one interception. Running the ball, the Cardinals at 10 carries of 49 yards for Drake. Check out the Rams did 21 carries for Cam Akers for 72 yards, 3.4 average. Three carries for Dylan Harrison for 49 yards. Jerry Goff, four for one yard. Malcolm Brown, three for minus three yards. Did have a touchdown. Pass receiving. Rams are led by Robert Woods with 10 catches for 85 yards. Hopkins over there for the Cardinals, eight catches, 52 yards. So it was very much a closed down kind of game. Let's see here, one interception. Big one, Troy Hill, pick six. He's he's come up big sometimes this year, hasn't he? And let's see, tackles. Anything big here for tackles? Eh, not really. Okay. So there we go. That, those are the numbers. Just, well, one thing here. Troy Reader, 10 tackles yesterday. Troy Reader. There we go. So, Mike, the running game, you mentioned that. I think they're getting close. 21 carries for Cam Makers. The next closest guy was Jared Goff with four. Henderson and Brown each had three. So I think they're getting close to what you're wanting. And honestly, Daryl Henderson's big 38-yard carry for the touchdown was probably partially opened up by the fact the Rams had committed to run more. They, Mike, they drove me nuts early. Third down, first down, second down. They're back to those empty sets. Right. You know, just basically giving away. And then eventually yes. later on, we found more balance. Yes, the Rams threw more. They threw 47 times compared to run the ball 31 times. But there was more balance in how, in how Sean McVay called the game offensively. And that, I think, was a big step. It doesn't always have to be a balance 50-50 down the middle. It doesn't have to be as long as you're putting those running plays in the right time and you're not banning it, it's okay. And I think as the game moved forward, they became more and more balanced with the football and they ran the ball I wish it would have been better. I mean, I don't want a 3.8 yard per carry average, but in terms of committing to somebody, looks like Cam Akers might be that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Uh, but I think we can agree that when we somewhat commit to something, especially the running game, again, the running game is wear you down, hit a big one, and then hopefully your back has – the speed to go to the distance. So we saw that with Daryl Henderson. He gets in there, boom, he pops it, boom, he's out. Almost 40-yard touchdown run. Uh, Cam Akers had what uh, Coach McVay said, some hard-earned yards, uh, almost 80 yards. But again, if he's in the whole game, he's that guy breaking that long run, the same same play if it's open. Uh, Now he's over uh, 125 or so yards. So when you look at it overall, yeah, they may be getting closer. Again, you know, you, you try to read between the, the lines and read the tea leaves. And when Coach McVay says, yeah, you know, this guy has some harder yards. You have commentary from reporters who have gone in, you know, maybe the day or two before and, and interviewed some of these guys. And it goes again, rookie player drafted him to do these things. But again, there's a lot to learn at the NFL level and without all the normal offseason and summer things that, that go on, you only can get so much through uh, the online format that I'm sure they had to deal with. And so now we're getting towards the end of the season. Maybe he's able to now pick up things a little bit more and get more in, into the offense. So who's to say? But, yeah, it looks like you're they're, they're starting to single out a guy who, who can do everything they need to do and maybe be in there more full time. 
I think that's the right move. I think you know, the Rams offense has always operated better with there being one guy and you know, one guy that can rely on. I mean, and they need that one guy to focus in on how they're going to run the running game. I mean, having a change of pace back is always important to have, but it's really, I mean, in some ways, comforting, in some ways, easier for a team to really kind of focus in on what they're doing if they know who is doing what most of the time. That's going to be Cam Akers running the ball, football, hopefully. That's what I mean. You don't draft him where he's at. You don't mean for him to be the number one back, right? You don't just draft the guy to be some kind of backup dude, do you? No, exactly. But again, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they drafted Daryl Henderson last year to kind of be that guy as well. And you can see when he's in there, because I can see a guy like a Daryl Henderson, if he gets it 30 times, he might be a guy to get you 200 yards. So you you definitely have a, a one-two punch and really kind of one-two-three because I love Malcolm Brown because, you know, we have a, a thing around our house. We go, he'll get you eight. You know, he'll get you eight yards in a cloud of dust. So that's a Malcolm Brown. He's going to be there, play in and play out. But you have more of some home run hitters than Daryl Henderson, obviously Cam Akers. So absolutely, you don't draft a guy that high to be a guy who's going to be a sometime guy. So unless they decide they don't want to practice hard, they can't pick up an offensive system. But when you see a guy who's had great success, especially from a running back position, that can translate a little easier into the NFL. Well, and and they do need to get that locked in, I think. I think it's easier in, entirely. And to be able to scheme in a more clear way, to be able to really focus your offensive linemen on where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to be there, knowing who's run behind you, that's helpful. Knowing how that guy operates is just I mean, to me, it's part of the, a big part of why teams have always succeeded when they've had a really good, strong feature back because they know these guys are in sync. So, a big part of it. Another part of this game that I thought was important for the Rams was Jared Goff. Jared Goff came out last week, and we we hammered him. We hammered on the show. We hammered in writing. Jared Goff came out this week. Different game. Protected the football. When he faced pressure, he, he got out of the pocket, threw the ball away, ate one snack, sack when he had to. I mean, it was a good performance. 37 to 47, it's a nice day. It's a nice day. How did you evaluate Jared's performance? Yeah, it was very consistent. But, you know, I'm a guy, I always look at the players. You know, they're going to give you a lot on what's going on within the organization. So there's a picture that was out, you know, somewhere, social media or something, and you see Aaron Donald, obviously their best player, uh, probably one of the all-time greats that we've seen in our lifetime, uh, goes up after the game and hugs this kid like, like they just won the Super Bowl. So for me, that's all I need to see. That's a guy who's a leader. He's on the defensive side. But that hug shows they really care about this guy and they were more excited about how he was able to come in and dominate. So for me, that tells me the Rams have some great team chemistry and they actually pull for each other. They may get on each other. McVay got in, you know, Jared like, hey, man, this guy got to play a little bit better. Uh, but for me to see that hug from Aaron Donald, defensive guy, to the quarterback, offensive guy, uh, and, and and truth is, Garrett, I mean, Jared is still 25, so he's young in that sense. But like we said, 
you've been in the league a while now, so we got to do away with the young thing. But yeah, I was very proud of how he bounced back. Now you just want to see that continue week in and week out. One one of the evaluations I had, um, I saw early in the year, early in the game, something I've mentioned before, though, is who on this Rams offense really scares you? And I saw that in the early part of the broadcast yesterday as they were talking about the Rams and, and how they're really struggling to find that breakout guy. And I, that is something I want to bring up today I mean, because there's no way on earth Jared Goff should be completing 37 passes out of 47 and his longest being 30. I mean, most of his, most of his pass plays yesterday were under 20, under 10. Robert Woods is 8.5 yards average yesterday. And I think if there's anything we need to see the Rams improving on is getting a deep game open. The reason why the Cardinals were really able to press them early was the fact that the Rams, they, they don't scare you deep. They just don't. They <laughs> rely on. on yards after catch. And that is my only concern offensively from this game. I'm serious. Besides, you know, still wanting to see more growth in the running game in terms of yards per carry average. Mike, we've talked about this. What happens when the Rams play a better team that can collapse down on an offense like Arizona was doing early in the game yesterday? That's my only concern. So, folks listening, before you say I'm being negative Nancy and Debbie Downer, probably get one of those messages. If if this is one of the only things, one of the only the couple of things I complain about for this game, Give me some credit here, okay? Give me a break. That should be a concern for everybody. When the Rams play a better defense down the line, and they got New England. New England's coming up next this, on Thursday, a short week, and New England's defense is, is pretty solid, okay? Then you got to go, you, you'll have Seattle again. You're going to have some teams that are a lot stronger than Arizona is. What happens when they clamp down on your outside guys? Yeah, and so, Derek, what you're saying is, but again, you know, we need kind of the home run hitter. Well, the home run hitter, again, if you, and, and I always date myself, if you go back and look at the early Niner years with the <laughs> Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice was catching slants. John Taylor were catching slants, you know, drags across the middle, tight end seam routes. Uh, every now and then they would get you deep, but that wasn't their forte. Their forte was hit a guy in a flat, hit a guy on a, a drag across the middle, hit a guy on a quick slant, and then let him go get those yards after catch. So again, I pointed at third and 11. You have Patrick Peterson. It looked like from what I could tell, they were supposed to be in somewhat of a cover three he had help over the top. Well, he decided to take himself, and I'm going to play the overtop guy. And the next thing you know, uh, Jared Everett just sneaks out to the flat. So when he catches it in the flat, it's wide open. He turns up field and easily gets the third and 11. So what creates that? Well, it's third and 11. We're not going to give up something deep. But by then, they had start establishing a running game a little bit. So now play action becomes more effective and now we think you got got you third and long where you got to throw it deep and they threw it under and let the guy run and get it so i think to your point as 
our offense begins to actually establish the running game again, now the play action truly becomes more of an effective play as opposed to if you don't have any run 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 game, you can do play action all you want. It's not fooling anyone. So all these things go hand in hand. But ultimately, I believe if we can get that running game open, that is now going to allow us to now hit those deep poles or hit a deep streak because guys are going to have to honor, you know, the true play action. That's really how it has to work. It's going to be one way or the other. I think it's two extremes. Either you have such a such a person who is so scary on the outside that teams will back off to cover him and therefore opening up the run, or vice versa, establishing the run, which then opens up your deep pass. There's, I don't think there's a middle ground to that. I think it's one of two ways your deep game develops. And sooner or later, they have to have it, though. They All these big drives yesterday are great in terms of wearing a team down. The Rams had the ball for 38 minutes. But how many times this year have the Rams themselves been pushed around? And have have been unable to quick strike back. We've seen it in both 49er games. That lack of a quick strike offense, how much it hurt them. It could have hurt them yesterday. They need to be able to do both. They need to be able to, they mean, maybe I'm spoiled when thinking about the 2018 offense, the 2017 offense that could do those things. But you need to be able to keep defenses on their toes. This is why the Rams, in my view, struggle. Sometimes, depending on the defense, because you don't have a deep game to fall back on, you're you against a team like Arizona, you could pick things apart a little bit. As long as you can can protect Jared Goff, you're going to be fine, and that's what they did. But what about in those games where teams don't respect your deep game and they have pass rushers? Well, you got to right. I mean that's a problem. So two options, like you say, establish the run. Hundred percent agree. You have to establish the run. And they did a little bit of that yesterday. But you'll notice, even if they did that a little bit yesterday, it wasn't enough to really open much to open deep. True and true. But I think what you said earlier, Derek, and you may have missed the big point on your own, is that ultimately, what's the goal of a game? Hey, we want to go in and come out with a W. Then it's like, how do we end up getting the W? Is it a defensive slug fest that we get that key turnover, fumble, cause a sack, strip side, pick the ball up, run for a touchdown? Is it a key play in the kicking game? Or is it our offense against their defense? I think what went well yesterday, it was kind of, even though it probably shouldn't have been, but it was kind of a slug fest type of game. I was surprised at a number of times that they were trying to block Aaron Donald with one guy. And he was just like, get out of my way. I got a sack. <laughs> so that was interesting. Like, wow, they, they think that they can do it with one guy. Everybody else says we're going to commit three or four guys. So Aaron was like, thank you. Let me get this one-on-one block. I'll show you guys how to get home. So, But I think ultimately when you said yesterday that the Rams did a good job of adjusting that's what you have to do in any game. Everybody goes in with a game plan. <clears throat> I don't know if anybody is a fight fan, but I just kind of like the fight game. And and watching this Earl Spence and, and Danny Garcia and Danny Garcia's dad trainers talking what they're going to bring and what they're going to do to Earl Spence. And then when he got in there, Danny Garcia was like, hey, Pops, this dude has actually hit me more than I thought and whatever else. He didn't have an answer. 
So in the game of football, it's always who can make the adjustment. And I think we're seeing a little bit with that with the New England Patriots that now they're starting to say, hey, Bill Belichick, don't count him out. Ultimately, D, is we're looking to get the win, make the adjustments. Hey, if it's a running game, stick with it. If it's a short passing game, stick with that. If it's a play action rollout game, stick with that. Whatever we need to do to get it in the win column is ultimately what needs to be done. In the end, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not trying to hammer the team at all. I'm just saying that if we're looking long-term, this team is now in first place in the NFC West. If they win out, I mean, they're probably a number two seed. Maybe a three. I mean, that's you're guaranteeing yourself a home game and maybe a bye. I, I really want to see that happen. I forget, is it is top two seeds or one seed that gets by now this year? Yeah, yeah, I think this year is a little, little bit trickier. Yeah, yeah. But so, the, I mean, at the very least, make sure you get a whole field. And in some ways, by the way, this game actually hurt the Rams because if Seattle wins, they, <laughs> you know, Seattle wins the division, the Rams right now are, are slotted to face the Giants. Who would you rather play right now as your playoff home? The Giants at home? Or even on the road? Even on the road, the Giants. But um, you flip it around. It would be the Giants on the road, by the way. You flip it around. Right now, the Rams would play a tougher team at a higher seed than the Giants are. Even though the Giants did beat Seattle yesterday. And congrats to them. I mean, that's a huge win for them, that franchise. My dad's a Giants fan, and, and uh, for him to get that win was pretty nice. Um. I like it too. Yeah, yeah I like it too. A, yeah, that was um, a huge win for the Giants. Yeah. No oh, by the way, I went through. I mentioned earlier, but a huge congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. Dun dun dun. Did you know the Browns are nine and three? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. But uh, my boys point out they go, Dad, do you? They're not Browns fans, but they recognize. They go, they go. It seems like they've played a lot better since Odell Beckham got hurt. And I go, Ooh. hey, Ooh. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. Great Ooh. player, but was he a guy that Baker Mayfield and the whole felt, you know, or the offensive game plan, they figured, hey, we got to make this guy somewhat happy. Let's get him the ball. He's one of our higher play, whatever it is. But it does seem like since he's been not playing – They've played a lot better. I don't know. What do your eyes tell you? <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> I, mean, man, I just made the big argument for a number one receiver kind of thing. But I'd say this. The, the Rams, you know, have that that wide-out situation, which I'm concerned with the good players everywhere, but not the great one. For the Browns, they're, they're so focused on a running game that their average Joes can take advantage of it. They really can. They are so potent at running the football that the standard wide receiver can get open as, as teams focus on, the, on the, uh, the running game. Well, I like what the Browns have done is, well, they've grown up. That's what I've noticed. Even in this season, with the Browns, and this is more of a, and I know we're not a Browns podcast, but most of my family are Browns fans. So, giving them, you know, giving them a little bit of shout out and some love here, being in Northeast Ohio, 
first. This is the first time the Browns, none of the Browns, the Browns have had a winning season since 2007. So we think we had a bad as Rams fans. Think again. 2007 since the last Browns winning season. They haven't made the playoffs since what, 2002? Yeah, I don't know. It's been a minute. The last time the Browns started 9 and 3 in a season is 1994. And this is when they were coached by Bill Belichick. They were the old Browns, this is the, the now Ravens, by the way. So, um, holy crap. But they've grown up a lot. What I'm, what I'm saying is they bring in a mature coaching staff because we now find that Freddie Kitchens is a hot mess. Greg Wednesday Heineman was a hot mess who was fired yesterday by the, or this morning by the Jets. Is that team that lost by 30-some to Baltimore and 30-some to Pittsburgh early in the year, they've grown up. They are more mature. They kind of ha- or they're developing an identity. They have some flaws. But they know who they are. They are a running football team and that everything is going to go through their running backs. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They've got guys who can tug the football. And because of that, I think the Browns are are very dangerous going down the stretch. They're probably a year away from being something really good. You know, I think that experience from both Baltimore and Pittsburgh will will, you know, bury them in that division this year. But the future's bright for Cleveland. So congratulations to them. Congratulations on nine and three, and they're going to make the playoffs. And uh, those Browns fans deserve it. We, we've been there and done that as Rams fans. We've been through some horrifyingly bad years, from ninety to ninety-eight, and then from two thousand seven on. It's been a train wreck. Two thousand seven to what? Two thousand sixteen. We've just been through some horrible times, and we know how it feels. So, congrats to the Browns, the Browns fans. Yeah, shout out to them. And to put some perspective on it, my last year was 1996. So 02 was only six years from that standpoint, which is like 24 years ago. That's a long time. I mean, and it doesn't. It still. It still feels a little odd. The Browns being the Browns, like to me, it's hard for me to look at the Ravens, for example. They've won two Super Bowls since leaving Cleveland and going to Baltimore. And part of me feels a little sad for that city because they are, they've been starving for the Browns to win something for ages. And the team that was their original Browns left and won two Super Bowls somewhere else. Right, right, right. Man so, alive. But to your point, though, Derek, when you have a ground game uh, that they have established now, uh, that's going to pay dividends when you start getting into – these playoff games, when the weather's going to definitely be a factor, you can't really throw the ball like that. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're just trying to get some practice on, hey, man, we're going to make sure we can run it when we have to. And I also just want to point this out as well about the Browns. The Browns beat Tennessee. This is the team that went deep last year, ran deep in the playoffs, will probably run deep this year in the playoffs. They have a power running game of their own. This is This is a big win for them. This is not... Just some lackluster victory. This is they they beat a very good team, a very well coached team yesterday. That that to me is quite possibly their measuring stick of the season this far. They have to play Pittsburgh again, they have to play Baltimore again. But they reached a new place in the NFL yesterday. And they go down the road. They they Tennessee gives a run for the money late, but they still win forty one thirty five, and that's a huge victory. That's a massive victory for them. Congrats, congrats, congrats. 
Congrats. We'll say it one more time. There. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. So, a couple more things about the Rams before we touch the defense. Uh, did struggle a little bit yesterday in the second half. I'm willing to give them a buy on that. Give them a flyer. Uh, the Cardinals have a lot of weapons. And a couple of mistakes by the Rams on special teams, especially, put them in some bad positions there. I'll give them a flyer in the second half. They've been great all year. Still give them only 232 yards. Kyler Murray was held in check for much of the day. You know, so the defensively, I think they're fine. It's nice to see the offense give more support on a day when things didn't go great, by the way. Just want to point that out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I noticed with the with the Rams did a great job of doing, uh, if, if you track anything about the Cardinals, even their Hail Mary pay play came to the defense's right, uh, Kyler Murphy uh, Murray's left. So you notice a couple times, especially late in the game, he would try to escape to his left and make a play. Well, the Rams were like second half down the stretch. They're like, no, you're not going to your left. If anything, you're going to go to your right. So they figured out that this kid likes to escape that way, which is kind of reverse what way you think he would. You think you want to escape to his throwing shoulder side, but he likes a lot of times escape the other way flip his hips, and then chuck it deep. Uh, but the Rams were able to get a strip sack and force him to just make some th- uh, errant throws down the stretch trying to escape to his left. So that's a defensive thing that the uh, obviously the coordinator and they talked about because they were like, hey, guys, make sure you get upfield. If you're out here on contain, force him to go the other way. If he comes to you, just get him. So that that was huge down the stress. But uh, to your point, it was nice to see, and that's what we say, pick me up. You know, so mm-hmm. defense wasn't, you know, hitting on all cylinders at points, but the offense absolutely picked him up yesterday. Absolutely did. So it was nice to see the offense pick up that defense a little bit. The defense did a great job, again, keeping pressure on, on Kyler Murray, keeping that secondary – out there ball hawking. They made a couple mistakes, but they also made some great plays. I thought it was a good day overall. Even though it gave it 28 points, a lot of that is wasn't within their control. So I'll take it. I'm thrilled with it. I'm thrilled with the win. I think that moving forward, I want to see more of that approach from, from the Rams, especially Sean McVay. Sean McVay did a great job yesterday play calling. Only time I complained about him was one time was when they uh, came out there in a, in a what was it, first down, no backs. Why? 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 Just go ahead and tell people to throw the ball. You're supposed to be the king of deception here. Come on. But overall, mixing it up, getting everybody involved. Ten different Rams caught footballs yesterday. That's a good day. That's a good day. And there's a lot to look forward to coming into the Patriots game in a couple days. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It it was, again, all around great effort across the board. Pick me up on this side. Pick me up on that side. Hey, make a play when you need to. I think the Rams did an outstanding job, especially the first half. They just shut DeAndre Hopkins down, which, in my opinion, this guy has got to be the best receiver in the league right now because when you know he's going to get the ball. I mean, there were a couple times where there's almost three Rams on it, and this dude somehow comes up with a play, and Kyler Murray – is smart enough or he trusts him enough, he just kind of puts the ball just, hey, man, here, go make a play. 
And this guy somehow comes up play after play with everybody in the world know that he's going to get the ball. But to hold him to overall 52 yards on eight catches, and most of those were in the second half, maybe more in the fourth quarter, that's impressive. It's impressive. All right, well, listen, folks, it's a shorter podcast today, but you know what? We got everything out we need to talk about. Bunny Hensley back here tomorrow with their show. We have, hopefully get a preview podcast out for the Patriots game. And, of course, they'll be back on Thursday night with the postgame show. So we have a busy week. And one announcement I want to make to you is we are joining Blue Wire Pods as part of their team there uh, to help provide more um, more coverage for you to get this out to more people. And hopefully you'll stick with us as we continue to grow as a company and as a podcasting unit. So there you go. I think I told you about that, didn't I, Mike? Blue Wire? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know I did. I know, I know running, my, running, running around with my head cut off today. It feels, it feels like it every day, but I thought I remembered telling you about it. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find me. You can find me on Twitter. You can find Rams Talk on Twitter at Talk Rams. You can find Mike at 1 do 23. We're on Facebook, where anywhere podcasts can be found. And we'll see you later this week. Have a great one. We're out of here. We're out of here, folks. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.